Hello and welcome to the second, the second iteration of this particular method that I'm getting out there and communicating and shouting into a big black hole of uh, what I see in the world and sharing information with people. Hopefully, um, you know, improving people's lives, adding some value. So in this in this particular recording, all I wanted to do was actually communicate one idea, one small, simple idea and concept. And as I was thinking about this, it just exploded into like everything else. So remember that the work is never done. We'll always add to it. But try to simplify whatever it is that you take. You know, if you get to a place of saturation where, oh, this is too much. There's too much information or something like that. Trust me, I have a tendency to do this. And if you know me, then it's just a simple matter of like, okay, cool, pause, come back later. But I'll try and reiterate as much as possible and try and signal where possible where the big points and the small points are. So this is the episode where I am debating Homo sapien versus Homo stolidus. So for those of you who don't speak Latin, sapien in the Homo sapien actually meant wise or knowing, uh, coming from the Latin word saper, to, to know something. So stolidus is the Latin adjective for foolish, absurd, or dumb. And I chose that specifically because I want to talk about the, the idea of the emotional spine, the emotional spine. So I thought it was pretty cool. So let's get into it. All right, cool. Um, before we get into it, uh, please let me know what you think of these. Um, we're now on iTunes, which is pretty cool. So um, if, you, if you really enjoy the episode, if you really like what I got to say, uh, go buy iTunes, the iTunes store and uh, drop us a, uh, a like, five stars, very appreciated, all that kind of stuff. But uh, you know what? Don't feel obliged to do that kind of crap. You know, do it if it calls to you. Because either way, I'm going to carry on making these. So I just hope you enjoy. So let's take a look at the emotional spine. The physical spine works in a particular way where it's, Regarding our nervous system, if I touch a hot pan, the signal goes as far as my spine before there's an instinctive knee-jerk response to an external stimulus and my spine makes the judgment call to pull my hand away. So to talk about this and then to talk about events of, okay, cool, well, what happens if your spine has just practiced this, uh, you know, you've put your hand on the hot plate so many times in the past that now everything, your, your, your spinal response, your reactionary, your knee-jerk response to everything is pull your hand back, protect, protect, protect. So there is a correction that needs to happen within your interactions with the world around you. And so teaching your physical nervous system to relax, teaching your physical nervous system to also respond to things appropriately. Oh, this is just a plate. This is no longer a hot plate or, oh, that's ice. Initially, it might feel like something like that could burn you, but actually it's not if you investigate it. And teaching, teaching your body to be able to contextualize these things and move forward means that you can actually respond appropriately to things. So it's a cultivated response versus a, an instinctual knee-jerk response. So when I introduce this idea of the emotional spine, it puts forward this idea that there are two spines. There is going to be a reactionary knee-jerk response, emotional response, not a physical response, an emotional response to 
external stimulus to the world around you. And so in that way, we can also take a look and say, okay, we, we want certain responses to be there. We don't want to be so detached from the present that everything falls apart. We want to have certain responses because they're built into us for very specific reasons, for good reasons. But we want a cultivated response as well, a much more uh, developed response. And so it's the idea of um, a callback to the, the last audio that I did where I was talking about your in times of stress, find get through it then gather your strength and then go on controlled stresses and challenge your demons and see how far you can take your controlled stresses. And so in times where you've actually been able to do this, what you'll get is a cultivated emotional response, like you can cultivate a physical response as well. And so transform yourself from homo stolidus to homo sapien. So this brings in turn... Um, you know, your ability to identify whether you are, um, you know, operating in a reactionary way or not. And so a very easy way to see this is if you have blanket responses to everything versus very nuanced responses to things. Because our nuanced responses are no normally things that are cultivated and we have to learn differences between things. So if our responses are very same-same or if they're binary, they're either good or they're not good, um, that's an indication for us to to examine that and to take a look at stresses, etc. And so there there is also a way to work through this, which is quite interesting as well. But if you're the type of person to do this, may I also recommend, and, and this is going to be my, my connection to everything here, is the uh, what are known as the philosoph <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Let's try that again. The philosophical razors. So no doubt you've heard of Occam's razor. That's the, probably the most famous one. Um, so a razor is just a simple rule of thumb or a blanket rule that allows you to, to kind of eliminate unlikely explanations or avoid unnecessary what-ifs and things like that. So um, the razors include Occam's razor, which is the simple explanations are more likely to be correct and avoid unnecessary or improbable assumptions okay so then there's Hanlon's razor which is by far my favorite so I'm going to leave it for now Hitchens razor what can be asserted without evidence can be dismissed without evidence so there are more of them uh, Hume's guillotine Newton's flaming laser sword Sagan's standard uh, Popper's falsifiability principle and uh, Grice's razor so there's quite a couple of them but let's circle back. I'll provide a link in the, uh, in the notes and the post that goes along with this audio. Um, but very simply put, Hanlon's razor is the one that I use all the time, which is, I tell people, you know, uh, I don't use this phrase, but let me read it. Never attribute to malice that which can be adequately explained <laughs> by stupidity. So very simply put, it's the idea that don't think that people are evil, Think that people are dumb. And now this might sound harsh, but I don't think it harsh. I think instead of the word dumb, rather the word uncultivated or reactionary could be a better way to say um, we're defining stupidity here. That um, people who perform silly actions without rationality 
usually are coming from a place where they haven't cultivated things. And so as a result, they're actually just behaving in knee-jerk reactions to the needs to feel valuable, to feel wanted, to feel some kind of safety, security in their lives. And so we're talking about the human operating system and specifically we're talking about the hard wire that we all share. So let me cycle back the reason why I chose Homo Stolidus as foolish, absurd or dumb is more akin to tie in with this philosophical razor that there is this idea that people actually behave in certain ways and usually these ways are considered foolish or dumb or absurd. But it comes out of a place that A, people haven't cultivated um, a better way of being and usually these knee-jerk responses, knee-jerk reactions are protection mechanisms. They're appropriate responses to stimulus, especially if you consider how old a person was when they developed this knee-jerk response pattern. So, you know, PTSD, uh, PTSD isn't a disorder. It's an appropriate response. It's not a cultivated response. It's an automatic, you know, nervous system response to what are harsh environments where life is threatened constantly. So the result is that um, we need to take a look and take a look at what are your responses that you've been practicing and are they appropriate responses? And so from the age of uh, birth up to the start of puberty, we have one layer of responses there that have just been patterned and practiced for a very long time. From puberty to end of puberty, so between the ages of 10 up to 25-ish, remember, ish, um, you, you cultivate social identity. And so as a result, you're going to have a ton of social trauma around that age as well. And then coming out of 25, we start to make decisions, we start to think rationally, we start to cultivate who we are in the true sense of the word. Um, and so the very simple point is that everybody can cultivate better responses. So everybody is in the beginning, homo stolidus, and there's no judgment or negativity tied, tied to that. But contextually, we can cultivate homo sapien over time through, through practice, through discipline, you know, if you want to call it that, through inspiration, for whatever the reason. But something that I mentioned in the last audio about Dante um, is the idea that in, in the, the manga anime version that I watched, his purpose for growth and confronting all these demons was his love for Beatrice or Beatrice. And so he was motivated by someone else's safety, by someone else's well-being rather than his own. And so in this way, it's, it's also the idea of like, if your growth is just targeted on yourself, you're going to get a certain result. But if your gr growth is usually founded in others, like cultivating yourself, not so you can be a sacrificial lamb for the group and the tribe, but rather the point is that you cultivate yourself so you can build a better tribe so that you can uh, come back and say, hey, I have a map of this particular territory. I've cultivated a particular response in this territory and I'm happy to share it with you and help you navigate the territory too. And so this is the whole point. You know, leaders, eh, I don't know if that's such a great way, but we can definitely come up with um, other versions of this word where it's more appropriate and less egotistical and less ego-driven and more community-driven. Ah, 
So the philosophical razors, let's just quickly come back to this for two seconds. The philosophical razors are nice ways for us to infer meaning through observing evidence of an interaction. You know, like um, if I see a paw print on the floor, I never saw the action happening, but I can infer my dog came through here with muddy paws. And so I don't actually need to observe the action happening to be able to infer the most likely case as well. And then remembering, um, if you really want to get scientific with it, you know, the uncertainty principle, the, um, the double slit experiment, the idea that when we observe something, uh, the nature of it changes as well, where um, things can behave either like particles or like waves. And so the idea is that when, um, when we observe something, we are going to change it, you know, we're going to change the nature of something when we do observe it. So we can observe and we can infer and notice behavioral patterns. And that's where we can get certain ideas. So really our ability to infer and observe data. And then after that, it's not just good enough that we can infer and observe, but that we create a, a model of understanding where we create a, a particular structure. How do we uh, arrange all this information? What's first? What's second? What's third? What, what's the sequence of information? Which information is necessary and unnecessary? And so what is the hierarchy of value within this? You know, what is, what is something that's generalist versus specialist? And so we create uh, what I like to call constellations of data and information. And so this is coming back to, okay, great. These, these are great ideas, but what can we do with them? So if you are at this point where you want to do something ab about your conditioned responses and you want to cultivate different responses, you know, the first thing that you need to understand is that we can take information and say, oh, okay, I see malice here. Check one box. Oh, I don't see malice here. There's no malice. Therefore, the malice, malice box isn't checked. So that's binary. And the more we can change binary into a, a constellation, like do I notice the presence or absence of X, Y, Z, uh, A, B, C, and then, okay, if I have three of these elements, then I will identify the response as being this. If I have two of these elements, then I'll identify the appropriate response as this. And so we start to create multiple um, situations and circumstances. So instead of just being like you're with me or you're against me, you're trying to hurt me or you're not trying to hurt me, it comes down to things like that where, hey, did that person even know you were there? No. So they're oblivious. They're not necessarily stupid. They're just maybe not aware. Oh, um, is that person in pain? Is that person hurting? Yes. Okay, well, then they're not going to have, they're not going to think about you or maybe that person is hurting and they're trying to, um, you know, show you as much as possible that they're thinking about you. Well, that's not an appropriate response for them either. They need to be focusing on themselves, which means you need to turn up your support as well or just turn down their support and give them the opportunity to go into themselves. So there's, there's a host of cultivated responses to your emotional patterns as well. And so being able to understand them as uh, I use constellations is a good one. Stars in the night sky. Yes, they can shine brighter or dimmer. And we can create different constellations, just how we lay out information. Oh, look, there are six stars. Well, six stars doesn't necessarily mean, I don't know, Taurus. But six stars arranged to look like horns. Oh, that's Taurus. Okay. To, to look like um, 
you know, the hunter. Oh, okay, that's Orion. And so we're, we're constantly taking the presence of things and the absence of things and arranging them in certain shapes and constellations to be able to identify better and choose an appropriate response to the situation. So that's what I got. That's what I got for today. The, uh, the idea of the emotional spine, cultivating responses, and how constellations of information can help us to identify this. If you haven't done it before, go check out the Philosophical Razors. I'll just link to a wiki page um, in the show notes. It's pretty cool. Um, but like I said, I enjoy Hanlon's razor. And so the question is very simple. Like how much do you attribute to malice? That which could be better explained by just stupidity and that stupidity, not necessarily in a way where it's judgmental, but rather talking about it in a way of um, unaware. You know, this person is just trying to survive versus trying to think about everything and everyone that takes a lot of energy. Speaking of energy, very simply put, the more controlled stresses you can put yourself in, the longer your emotional, let's say, fuse um, is. So the imagine a patient person and let's imagine that same person with a full night's sleep versus having zero sleep for three days. How patient do you think they are going to be? Good sleep is going to make that emotional fuse a lot longer, which means that it takes a lot longer for that person to just explode and be this irrational mess. So the more we can kind of cultivate ourselves, the, the longer we extend that fuse as well. And sometimes we can overcome it. We can transcend that entire bomb altogether. We can defuse the bomb completely and we have no need for a long fuse. And so it's just a simple matter of transcending it with the right mental models. And that's what the, the purpose of these audios is about, is about upgrading thought architecture. So that's it. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you think. Uh, comment, send me a message, you know, go leave us a review on iTunes for now. Uh, yeah, if you're curious about what, what else is coming, send me a message. Love to hear from you. Uh, I have been Justin and this has been Thought Architecture. Have a wonderful day and remember to enjoy the process.